0: Sometimes, life is yikes.
1: And that's okay. You're not alone. Welcome Welcome to to Yikes Yikes Land. Land.
0: How are you doing, friends? Uh, I'm your host, Jelani Hoon, along with hosts... Chris Fong. um, We're here presenting a brand new podcast presented by the Pop Samurai Network, and it is called... uh, What is it called, Chris? Chris?
1: Yikes land. Yikes
0: land. And uh, it is a podcast that really, uh, at the heart of it, is about depression and anxiety, but um, casting it in a light where it can be talked openly, and it can be talked freely, and uh, be accepted as a normal thing. Um, I... Deal with depression, um, Chris. Uh, the, uh, I don't know about you. How do you? How do you? Where do you deal with? That? Oh, I'm a sad girl. Sad girl. Uh, we're here, uh, bringing this podcast to you as a conversation and uh, a way to connect with people uh, out there who may have it, uh, who may be dealing with uh, some sort of mental uh, health problem, and uh, we want to be able to discuss it with you guys out there and also make you understand that um, while what you deal with is solely unique to you, you are not alone. Um, There are many people out there and uh, there are people like myself and uh, Christina here who are um, dealing with it on a daily basis and uh, this is what we're doing here. Um, So welcome. Uh, Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm okay. I'm uh, a little tired this morning because this is the period of my day where usually my depression is the worst. But here I am in front of you guys. Oh boy,
0: this is exactly what we want to do: presenting the depression in its in its whole and <laughs> its and its grandeur, if you will. Um, I wanted to start off uh, the podcast kind of like giving like updates um, of like stuff we're dealing with presently. Um, so, I mean, of course, everyone asks a person who's sad and, or depressed or dealing with anxiety is, how are you doing, right? Or are you okay, you know? And that is, that, that's That's the key thing of like, well, yeah, I'm okay. Or I'm fine. You know, that's what we usually say. But uh, since we have this podcast, I kind of want to get into like, has something happened recently? Or if like you had any bouts that like really recently stand out to you?
1: Well, I guess I'll talk a little bit more about uh, what I said a second ago, which is that this is, I call it, I've, I've suffered from depression for a long time, for as long as I can remember. But recently in the last year or so, I've, I've been calling it depression because I'm just really sad during the day. Like it's super hard to get out of bed in the morning. By nighttime, I'm usually okay. Like I seem like a normal person. Uh, but this is definitely the period in my day where I would normally be lying in bed, being like, get up, get up, get up, get up. So it's not necessarily that anything happened to me or happens in the morning. That's hmm. just sort of the cycle in my day that it goes where I'm like, you need to get up, you need to go to work, you need to be a person.
0: Yeah, you need to be a functioning person. And like for me, um I've been dealing with depression for quite some time, and um, as you guys are wondering, it probably is like, oh, what's what's your guys' backgrounds? We're we're gonna get to that, and that's probably like uh, the kind of the crux of like the early episodes of this of this podcast of where we started out and where we think uh, how it led to the present time present day. But for me. I, I believe, uh, for me, I, I I've been dealing with depression for quite some time, um, and I've done a good job of hiding it. I think, um, or most people who deal with uh, our kind of uh, disorder or you know illness or disease, if you will, um, usually have the mask. Um, I like to call it where they put on like the happy face and they put on the oh I'm a functioning adult, but and behind closed doors or by myself, left to my own devices, I fall apart you know and uh for me recently i had a a, an episode um during a weekend um where literally i was kind of paralyzed for the weekend i i could not muster the energy to to do anything um and uh it it became it was it was really hard you know um i found myself just kind of just laying um I'm, you know, my bed and just not being able to process the day and not being able to get up, even though in my mind, I'm like, oh, you have stuff you need to do. You really should get up. You, 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 you have people you should go see, or you should get out um, of your own area. But uh, it was one of those weekends where for a couple of days, I literally slept um, throughout the whole weekend and did absolutely nothing um and it paralyzed me and uh that's an episode uh for me where i just get you know debil- you know paralyzed and debilitated and something i deal with every now and then and of course there's the the constant like oh getting up or i should be an adult i i need to get up and not adult but i should be a person i should be a functioning person i shouldn't just be paralyzed all the time um But, you know, that's the, uh, that's what the disease does. You know, it paralyzes you, correct?
1: I mean. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves, even though we know, especially for those of us that have done, you know, therapy and stuff like that, and sort of done our research about depression, you know that that's not a helpful way to talk to yourself, where you're like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you getting up? But you still do it anyway. I don't know if you experienced that as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, and... Like for people out there who, who may be dealing with it or may have, think that they deal with it or even for the people who quite don't understand it and are listening to us here, um, for people who deal with uh, the, the disease uh, in in question, it sometimes even the smallest task can seem daunting to us. And even... A roadblock or simple little bump in the road of life can send us spiraling down a whole whirlwind of like self, you know, hate and self um, destruction. You know, Um, like I don't know, like uh, a simple just like oh, I was driving and I got a flat tire and now like well now I have to buy a new tire and like that's a whole thing and everyone like you get paralyzed by it. it's like well now I gotta figure out how to pay for this tire and I figured out how I'm gonna do this and it's just like it's a whole whirlwind of things and it was just like oh you got a flat tire you know and that's something like that where it's like something so simple and it doesn't really even have to be your fault but yeah um, at the same time when it happens um people who are like us where we're crippled by something so small and so you know Minuscule like that, it it becomes a thing. I mean, for you, do you find yourself like hit with roadblocks a lot with like something that like even in other people's eyes is very like that doesn't really matter. That's like that's it's fine. It's it's a really small thing, but like for you, it becomes like a heavy thing.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, I think, and part of the difficulty with that is, I mean, so at this point in my life, I've been depressed for so long that a lot of my friends tend to also either be depressed now or have suffered from depression in the past. Mm. So there's sort of more understanding when I say, I'm not able to do this thing, and it's something that sounds really simple and seems like, well, why don't you just, why don't you just fix it? That's such an easy fix. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like an easy fix, but for some reason, something in my brain isn't letting me do it. And so this thing that sounds very simple to somebody who is, I don't wanna say normal, because this is my normal, but somebody who doesn't have depression and anxiety and stuff like that, something that would be simple for them is hard for me. And uh, so then it's difficult for me because I have two voices in my head. I have the voice that knows what depression is and how it functions and is like, it's okay that you're really anxious about this thing and that you can't do it. That's normal for you. And like, you can get over it, but I'm not blaming you for not being able to get over it right now. And I have the other voice in my head, that's the voice of other people and my self-critical voice, that's like, what is wrong with you? This is a thing that a regular person could do. And I will use that kind of, the term regular person or the term normal person to almost hurt myself, where I would never mm. say that to anybody else. And I don't think that about other people at all.
0: Yeah, and like, again, with the key goal. Um, with depression, I mean, it is a disease, um, and its key goal for us is we want to try to get better, right, and that, that's like, that's, I mean, I think that's, if you had cancer, it's like, well, yeah, the key goal is like, I want to get better, or if you have some sort of sickness, you want to get better from it, and for us, like, uh, depression uh, is going to be something that it's gonna be a constant in our lives, and it's gonna be a thing that, it's a constant fight, and it's, it's almost as, whether we can cope with it or not, you know, and uh, some people deal with it worse than others, and some people lead down darker roads than others, and uh, and a lot of people start in different places, you know. Um, uh, I guess we could jump into kind of backstories, I guess, or depression superhero backstories, <laughs> uh, origin stories, I guess, if you will, uh, out there. Um, I'll start off here um so that way we build up to you eventually um but for me uh hi jelani hoon um i am 29 years old and uh i deal with depression uh i deal i've dealt with it for a good chunk of my life um i would say um going into my teenage years it really um started to take hold and uh First off, um, I gotta say before I get into my story and everything like that, and everything that happened in the past, um, I'm gonna say this: uh, I don't, I don't have any hate for anybody. I don't dislike any of my family or anything like that. I don't have. I can't. It's just not. It's not part of me. You know, I can't be that type of person that just hates somebody. You know, for for a long, for a long time, and stuff like that, you know, I may feel slighted by somebody, or I may feel, um, some anger towards somebody, but at the end of the day, I, I can't hate someone, and, uh, I'm gonna try and make this as easy as possible, and I'm gonna get into some personal stuff, and, uh, if there's family listening, know that I, I love you all, you know, and, uh, This is just, I feel like it's something I need to get out there, and maybe it could help someone else out there. Um, So my family, um, I'm the eldest. Um, I have a brother and a sister, and uh, I uh, am from a family of a uh, Hispanic uh, Mexican mother and uh, a Cambodian father. Um, My father came over from Cambodia um, during the uh, Khmer Rouge um incidents um there in Cambodia the killing fields if you guys you know look it up with the uh, Pol Pot and everything like that it it was basically just a genocide of you know a whole you know culture and, uh, and people and uh it uh it, it was hell and uh he was over there during his childhood and he witnessed a lot of things over there and uh, I, this is kind of the thing where it's like I don't blame him for anything that's happened, but um, I know that he deals with some stuff as well. But uh, that's some, I guess, some some other days, you know. Um, growing up, uh, you know, my father, um, as he's told us, I never really had a father, and so it was almost like. Having someone who is dealing with post traumatic stress disorder and also didn't know how to be a father at the same time because he never had a father right and so growing up um, I feel like I, I also i'm being the oldest I took the brunt of a lot of uh, anger issues and a lot of like issues that you know um, came from that you know it's it's common with people who deal with um, mental illness like you know PTSD and stuff like that and anger uh, that comes with it um and it's it's a monster that you have to fight with every single day and I know that he struggles with it and um I took a brunt of that and so you can imagine that you know growing up in you know here in Milwaukee um Wisconsin that's where we're from like podcast from Milwaukee Wisconsin so based here like <laughs> um uh, it, it it was uh, just a weird weird childhood growing up and and dealing with the anger and you know the kind of just like episodes every now and then of like outbursts um, and it became a thing where it's like man you know he's he's so angry all the time and sometimes it's directed at me am I you know am I you know does he hate me you know Does does he, do I, am I, you know, worthless? As sometimes he gets angered enough to say, you know, am I, you know, not good enough to be around, you know? And slowly, as I get into the older age and going into teenager age, you know, the hormones as you progress into teens, um, you start lashing out too. And uh, there came arguments and fights and uh issues with that came with the whole relationship with uh my father and uh so with that i i felt that i was i was dealing with you know just sadness and not wanting to um do the things that i really enjoyed you know and uh not kind of wanted to isolate myself and so even though i had some of the best friends in the world um Growing up, I felt like I was still just in just a world of just gray and just darkness, and it's just it was like um, I could, I could, I couldn't like, it felt numb, if if that makes sense. I don't know. Um, So you know that that was like a lot of you know my whole crux of like the younger age and just how. that laid the foundation of, like, what would be today, you know, um, just, you know, constantly in my own mind where it's, like, I don't deserve this or I don't deserve, you know, happiness or I don't deserve, like, I'm not good enough, you know, and that's a constant voice that's in my head, like the voice that you you deal with, you know. It's, I have a voice that wants to self-destruct, And um, I almost do try to do that, I guess, um, on a subconscious level where it's like I make decisions purposely to try and self-destruct my life, you know, because I don't think I deserve it. I don't think I'm happy. I don't think that, you know, I'm good where I'm at because I don't deserve to be here, you know, and um, that was, you know, kind of a a hard thing for a while um so i mean that that is something i still deal with today um for me um i mean we'll keep going back into my past as, as time goes on but um when i first realized that uh or came to grips with like i really need to get help you know, I really need to figure out what's going on. I went to my primary doctor, um, let them know that um, I was in a very dark place. And uh, I was contemplating some very dark things. And um, I got, you know, very scared of what could happen. And uh, they, you know, they told me that, uh, yeah, you, it sounds uh, I don't want, they were like, I don't want to jump the gun and just like label everything from what you're telling me, but I I believe that you are dealing with depression, you know, and, um, for a long time, I guess from, you know, that point until I was, and it's funny because being 29, um, I had found, I had that told to me when I was 28, you know, and so I knew I was dealing with this for a long period of time, right? And I knew that there was this issue and this darkness that I had in my life and, um, I just never like accepted it, but when it got to a point where it got really bad, I needed to go get help, and then when I talked to someone and they said those words, it almost kind of broke me down a little bit, where it's like, I didn't want to believe it, and I kind of just wanted to believe that I was, I don't know, I was in the emo phase or something like <laughs> that, I didn't want to believe that i I was, you know... I guess in my in my mind and the voices that you know that that, that swirl around is I guess broken. You know where I was. The word depression is not really talked about a lot, and it's not really, you know, the mental health. Um, mental health is probably one of the largest subjects of things that are not really talked about in the open. You know, and so. When you hear the words of like you're dealing with depression, even though you you've known the whole time, deep down it's like yeah, i I've, that's makes sense. Hearing someone say it and hearing especially a medical professional say it, it's like well,
1: sort of brings it into reality. It brings for it into you.
0: reality, and then that's where it just it really just breaks you down. And after they were like, I'm gonna go check some stuff out and. Uh, you know, get some stuff together, and doctor left the room, and I I started to cry there, and it was like you know, hearing something that you kind of knew the whole time, but making it real, you know, it's it's almost like it's all it was it was almost like, and, and again I want to like compare it to other diseases all the time, but it, it's almost as if you knew deep down that you had some tumor or something like that, and it was going to be the cause of like much strain in your life and it was always going to be there and to have someone confirm it for you which like you knew and you felt it and it was in your in your body and at the same time when you hear someone say it the severity of it and the reality of it like really hits you and then it's like you know it yeah. just makes it real i guess well,
1: it sort of brings it into a different plane where i i feel like i had a sort of similar experience where once you start talking about it, it becomes now a thing that you have to deal with, where before it was something that you knew was a thing, but was kind of part of your own personal mental hell, where sometimes you felt like, oh, maybe maybe nobody knows. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not true, you know, because you sometimes are going to seem outwardly sad or outwardly angry or just you know strange because depression changes your personality but once you start talking about it it's like okay now somebody in the real world knows and now i'm gonna have to do something about this and start treating it like it's real
0: yeah and like for me when um i was uh, again going back to the past and things that i dealt with i felt like um I couldn't be around like my family and I couldn't be around everybody because I wanted to isolate myself as much as possible. But of course, being a kid, like I didn't have that kind of option. I mean, I was the eldest of three, and so um, I kind of ran away from the whole situation where... Um, I decided to move out and uh, live with uh, a grandparent for a while, and even though that's still living with family, it wasn't the normal family I had, and, and I it's felt, a separate, and, and it's a separate, you know, it's it's separate place, and there's distance, and you know, everyone kind of always said it's like, oh, you know, you gotta make up with your dad and this and that, or you gotta make up with the family, and it it wasn't really that it wasn't really the hate or anything like that i mean there was there might have been at that time some anger towards him but it was more of i didn't think that um i deserved the normal life that i had there which was the family the the mother the loving mother and the father and you know being the eldest of two other siblings and i didn't think that I was good enough to fit in that role, you know, and, uh, and uh, I decided that, um, again, making a decision to self-destruct my life, um, I decided to, you know, tear myself away from that family. And um, uh, it, for a while, staying with, you know, the grandparents and being separate from that situation, then that was, that was more of the, you know, the reasoning why. I mean, I think a lot of my family think that at that time that uh, I kind of just was rebelling and just like uh, got into a huge argument and just like, you know what, I i don't want to be here anymore because, you know, I don't want to, you know, be here because of, you know, issues with my dad or something like that. No, I mean, I I love my family. I, I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my brothers and and uh, my brother and sister. It's just when you're dealing with this whole, you know, disease that we have, um, uh, especially the one for me that I know that I have, it's, it's, it wants self-destruct. It wants me to self-destruct. And, um, it thinks for me, the voice in my head is you don't deserve it. Right. And you don't deserve normalcy. So tear yourself out of normalcy. And, um, it it was it was just kind of a, a problematic situation, you know, where I, you know, being okay in school and but for a long time, kind of just like I deal with so much um, anxiety with it and so much, you know, sadness that I I get from the home life that I really just couldn't. Um, I was very paralyzed when doing and focusing on school, you know? So, after a while, um, grades started to slip and things like that, and uh, I uh, really had, at at that time, um, especially in high school, um, I went to a um, local school. I mean, it was just like, oh, your neighborhood, here's your school, you know? Um, But it was a very bad school, you know? And it wasn't, it was one of those schools where like, oh, There's a fight, like, once a week, you know, and this school gets shut down at least twice, two or three times a week because something happened, you know. And um, uh, going to that school, that kind of threw more, I guess, fuel to the fire, you know, where it's, like, dealing with um, just shitty school life and, and then going home and just feeling like I don't deserve to be in this home, you know, at the same time. You know, um, I, I've had wonderful friends from high school and the people I grew close with and some of them I'm still very close friends with, um, to this day where, um, some of them even still check up on me, you know, see how I'm doing, uh, going through and, and the high school situation where there's fights and there's people who bully other people, you know, and, um, while I was in a, you know, decent group of friends, where it's not like we really got bullied or anything like that, um, I still felt, you know, distant from everything, and uh, at the same time, um, just didn't feel like I fit in, you know, and so it became an issue, you know. Um, I found solace in uh, art. Um, at that time and uh, we had a pretty great art teacher um, and I found myself really and and I think it happened uh, through most high school and um, a lot of middle school where I really found um, you know, in creativity I found a lot of uh, happiness and a little bit more where it's like the creative side of me um, felt at home, you know. And so joining some some art clubs and this and that but at the same time the voice does creep in after like a while when i'm hoping out with murals and stuff and doing things like that and, and eventually you know everyone thinks you know teachers thinks oh you should you should be going to like uh, an art school or something like that or should be going you know focusing on that um doing something creative and uh, the voice in my head creeps in and says I don't deserve it and uh that's when I start um self destructing my uh creative side there and uh eventually I distanced myself from the whole art scene and uh to the point where some of the teachers were really worried about like, you know, hey what's going on? You were you were doing really great with, you know, the art and creativity and well now you're you're shutting yourself off and I kinda just you know cleared myself off of it where i just couldn't couldn't muster up the the wants to keep going with it and uh I really had a uh that's when it was like a really hard spot for me where I distanced from myself from everything and I tore myself out of that and uh that uh that was uh that was kind of hard you know um where the couple of things that I loved in my life um, and discovering that I loved art and creativity and realizing that this voice in my head is, is telling me that I can't do it and I, it, it won't let me do it in my mind and it's convincing me that uh, to self-destruct it, you know, to pull your life apart, that yeah. you don't deserve it and uh, that right there um, that was an issue but um after a while I started figuring out that I I really loved creativity and I couldn't pull myself away from it you know as much as I wanted to and and as much as I did during that time which you know sucks because I could have done more but you know uh, it happens the way it happens you know and uh, slowly I tried to do things that were in my creative wheelhouse were things that really you know um, felt like I was really doing something creative, you know, and uh, that's where my love of cooking um, and culinary arts came from, and uh, that was the love of film and uh, audio and um, the creation of, of certain products, like, you know, uh, video games or or you know movies and tv film art so it was it was just something where it's like all this creative other things besides just paint and brushes and uh i lost myself in really being having interest in that but at the same time um being pushed by family to really settle on like something that i should be doing with my life you know and uh I decided to tell everybody it's like you know I wanted to to do something in culinary you know and uh, from there I went to culinary school for a little bit um, uh, I went to a area te- area technical college here in Milwaukee um, it was not uh, a great program for me uh, when I went. Uh, the teacher at that time was focusing more on people who had really already experience in uh, restaurant business and who were really already working in restaurants, so they really focused on them. And for those of us who were striving to want to learn more, um, they distanced themselves from us. So it became very hard to keep up with uh, that and, uh, you know, still work job and still deal with, you know, the voice in the head and the disease. And uh, eventually um, it became a thing where uh, when the culinary arts teacher told me, it's like, you probably should think of going into a different field. Uh, and uh, the voice in my head saying, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't persevere in this. At the same time, um, pulled myself out of that as well. And uh, I self-destructed myself out of that. And, uh, that's where, you know, it led to present day decisions and present day, you know, leading of lives, I guess. Um, there's more future stuff and that, that even gets even more heavier than that, but that's more kind of a, you know, condensed version, I guess, if you will, of like what I dealt with, you know, realizing that throughout my childhood and teenage years and, uh, of where I got this voice and this disease where, you know, it tells me that I don't deserve to be around. And um, for, you know, for people out there, I want to, want to let you guys know that like I'm coping with it, you know, and I'm dealing with it. And it's not just all just me just wanting to self-destruct all the time. It's, it's more of trying to figure out things and figure out ways to cope with it. And, Deal with the monster that's that's inside you and understand that it's going to be there and it's going to be a fight, but it's more about, you know, trying to persevere and get better, you know, to a point where today I want to get up and today I want to do something and today I want to I make a new podcast, you know. Um, for you, I mean, how, how do you feel about, like, What do you, how do you help yourself go through the days?
1: Well, I was just gonna say something about, uh, kind of you are talking about the voice a lot and I think that really resonates with me and probably resonates with a lot of people. And sometimes I think of it as running from kind of a monster or zombies where sometimes you're gonna have to, sometimes they're gonna catch up to you and you're gonna have to turn around and you're gonna have to fight them. And sometimes they're just behind you and you know that they're behind you all the time uh, and you just have to run faster than them. Yeah. But I think it also gives people like us strength that other people who aren't dealing with that don't have to have where we have to be brave enough and strong enough to keep running from that or to turn around and fight it when we have to. And that kind of, to me, is its own superpower.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, for, I mean, for you, you go through, I mean, you deal with it on a daily basis as well. Um, for you, is it, is it more just it being paralyzing to you, or it's like the, the normal, like, again, like you said, the, uh, the mornings are the issues where you have to really will yourself out of, out of it. Are there other like roadblocks that it throws in your, in your way besides that? Or is it more just like, it just wants to paralyze you?
1: I think, I mean, right now the biggest thing is the, the depression. Um, but it'll, the voice is always there even later at night when I'm kind of at my, my happiest or my highest functioning, you know, the voice is still there and it's sometimes I forget to listen to it, but it's kind of, it's always gonna be there and you learn ways of coping with it and ways of talking to it and mm-hmm. ways of telling it to F off, but uh, it's, it's kind of always there at least as a, as a self-doubt and what you were talking about earlier about the voice sort of telling you to self-destruct and telling you that you don't deserve to do the things you love and almost telling you not to love them, whether that's that that also is very real to me where it will try to separate your depression will try to separate you from your passions and also from even people that you love Yeah. where it tries to distort your reality and say, well, you're not even good at this thing. You don't even like it that much. You don't love the people that you love and like, you're not allowed to have anything kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a feeling that you have where yeah. it's like, I'm going to take everything away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so that's, I guess, my struggle now in just being sort of, because I guess at this point in my life, and I, it has not always been this way, I'm a very high-functioning, depressed person,
0: yes.
1: where a lot of people that meet me would think that I'm not depressed, especially if you meet me later in the day. Yeah. Um, but I, and so that's sort of also why I tend to talk about my depression a lot. Um, because I, I almost don't want people to think that, oh, I'm, I'm normal, I'm not dealing with anything, because I want it to be real for other people who are struggling with depression and anxiety that you can look normal, but inside have that horrible voice and be very sad. And, and that's okay, it's neutral. It's not, you're not better than people who are not high-functioning, you're not worse than them. It's just sort of a different experience or a experience that you're currently going through. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tend to be subconsciously attracted to um, not just like romantically, but platonically as friends, other people who are depressed in my life. I, um, I think that at this point, it's just been so long that I end up accidentally cultivating a circle of other sad friends. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's how we're friends, yes. but uh, which which is nice. Um, But, uh, which, you know, not everybody has. And I think growing up, um, it can be very isolating when you don't really have the vocabulary or the understanding or the life experience to know that what you are feeling is depression and let other people have it. And I was gonna ask you if it was sort of an added isolation to be the older sibling in that situation.
0: I think it was. um, for, For me um i felt like i needed to kind of take the brunt of the um i guess if you would call it you know issues that uh happened in the household at that time and uh i felt like i wanted to be the the brother that like protected you know the siblings from harm and kept them from you know Kept them happy at the same time. But even though I knew that uh, ultimately I couldn't. Um, and I probably um, let a voice, let the voice in my head kind of tear myself away from them. Um, and it, it's just, it's a situation, it's, it's hard to describe because uh, when we, when I want to be the great big brother to them and do things for them to ensure their happiness ensure their success and uh at the same time get this voice in my head that starts telling me that um you're not good enough to be in this spot and you're not going to be able to succeed as a big brother to you know two great siblings um so, uh, my tearing myself away from them and distancing myself away from them was an isolation of my own uh, making. And uh, for in being the, the older sibling, yes, it was kind of a an isolating situation as well because I didn't have someone to also turn to to talk about this. It was more of I was trying to be the greatest role model if you will or or protector of my siblings i could be but also knowing that i was going to ultimately fail at it and uh it's it's hard because you know i again i love all of my family i love my father i love my mom and i i love my brother and sister it's just you know with everything that i deal with um on a daily basis with this depression and you know I, I take uh, antidepressants and you know honestly I don't really even know if they really work because I have a problem with the voice that fights me taking those in a proper manner you know because it's it's more of like oh are these gonna actually do anything for you because you're useless and you're not gonna be able to they're not gonna work right for you and so It kind of wills me to not take them in in at all you know so but at the same time i feel like for people out there who are dealing with it or coming to grips with dealing with it it's it's a thing that's like you should seek help you know and whether it's not antidepressants or, or medication don't work for everybody. That's, that's, that's the sad truth that like they won't work for everybody, but there are many different types and there might be one out there for you that can help at least help you cope with it because it's not, there's never a cure for this. It's not, it's not going to go away. It's going to be a thing where you're going to deal with it and you're going to try to cope with it with your life. Um, and eventually you'll, you'll understand that like, it's something that's going to be there and understand that you're not alone in this situation. There are many people out there. There are a lot of people who deal with it and there are people who are dealing with it that would love to be your friend or in your life somehow. And, uh, for me, one of, one of the things I, I feel so weird about, and I don't know if this is something that you deal with at all. Um, I feel like I'm really great at talking to people, to other people, and helping other people, um, but I can't help myself at all. It's it's I have I have some of the closest friends to me, and I have some of um, some of the greatest people in my life um, that I've met and that I've helped with, and I've given advice to, and I can't take that advice that I give them to for myself even though it it could apply wholeheartedly I am just I view myself as just broken and I can't fix myself but I feel like I can help someone else and uh, I feel like I have helped some people and uh, just being in their lives and just helping them along the way with what they deal with or what they were dealing with at that time or in a situation that, you know, where someone has an episode and someone needs help and uh, being there for them, um, I felt like I, I, you know, did a great job of doing that. But at the same time, I, I just, I just am unable to help myself. And uh, that's it's a really, it's, it's a tough thing, you know, <laughs> um, because a lot of people who deal with this have a problem with helping themselves. And sometimes they, there's even a denial, you know. And I don't know if you deal with that at all.
1: Yeah, I uh, I feel like, and I don't, I feel like uh, I sort of use two different standards for me and other people. And maybe this is a little bit what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if I'm talking to a friend and they're having a hard time and they can't get out of bed, but they got up and they took a shower that day, I can easily look at that person and be like, oh my God, that's so strong that you got up and took a shower. Mm. I know exactly how hard that is. Like you're incredible for getting up and doing that. Mm -hmm. But then if I'm doing that and I can't get up but all I did that day was take a shower, I'm like, oh, you're worthless. You were supposed to do all these other things. Mm -hmm. And I, and it's like, I'm looking at that other person and I'm like, I, I truly feel like they're incredible for facing that. And then I'm in the same situation and I truly feel like I'm worthless for not doing better. Hmm. And I don't know if you've also maybe are using sort of two different standards, one for the people that you love or that you care about or that you see are struggling with something, and then one impossibly harsh, very cruel standard for yourself that is just that horrible depression voice.
0: Yeah, I mean, mine is is very similar, um, where it's I see people who are doing great or, you know, are you know that are you know doing great in their lives or trying to get better and it's like wow i'm really happy that you're you got yourself together and you're doing that you're you're really making moves to you know to do that stuff and at the same time um i put myself in in the boat of like yeah you're not you're not ever going to get that you know you or you don't deserve to get that you know you're not going to be able to achieve that, because you're useless, you're you're worthless. You're not going to be able to do it, and it, that's the voice that I have to deal with, you know. And eventually, there's some days where, like you said, I there's some days where I can shrug it off, and there's some days where I can cope, and there's some days where I can move on, and then there are the days that are, you know, hard. And uh, all you can do with this disease is take it one day at a time. But seeking help uh, in some way is is a great way of you know trying to with this you know um, finding someone who else who you know or some other people who deal with it and talking with them you know even that can help um, uh, therapy um, I've heard is, is a great option I, I personally haven't done it but I know there are people out there who stand by it and there are people who um, wholeheartedly believe that it's 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 a it's a way of helping coping with it uh, for me I believe that one of the things that i 've been bad at recently, but I believe that uh, really helps me is distractions. Um, I believe that uh, losing myself in distractions has helped me cope with you know with everything you know it gives so you something
1: to listen to that 's you know, not the voice
0: yeah, exactly so um, really focusing on you know the podcasts uh, that I run and the network and the things that I I really want to pour my heart and soul into even though the voice is telling me it's gonna fail or it's not gonna work. I've willed myself into understanding that this is a distraction and this is fun and this is something I wanna do and this is something that I love doing and so I'm not gonna listen to the voice and so I'm gonna keep creating, right? And so that's what I've, I've pushed myself into doing. And I want to keep doing it, you know, and it becomes a distraction away from the voice. And every time I do a show um, with friends, with people I love, um, it usually helps me. And it usually gives me the drive and the energy to keep doing, you know, more things. And so I want to keep the distractions going, you know. And I've been really bad about, like, you know, getting out of... My you know from my own devices, you know, I should be going out there catching a movie, doing something, catching a show, or something like that, because doing that distracts you away from it, even listening to a song or something like that um, music uh, it 's a great distraction from it, and it 's a great way of you know easing your mind, even if you 're listening to sad music or something like that it 's not being depressed it 's uh, there have been studies that actually show that it actually does help uh to listen to something that really resonates with you at that time, you know, um, more than just like, oh, I'm listening to this super happy song from Pharrell. He's super happy, and he can't relate to me right now, so it's not really working. But when you're listening to someone who is giving you very like, sad lyrics and very harsh lyrics, and it resonates with you at that time, studies have shown that that really helps you actually feel better you know, because you can relate to it. It's like, oh, I know what you're going through when you made the song, or I understand, you know. Um, What about you? I mean, do you have anything that really, like, distracts you away from, from the voice or the disease, if you will?
1: I definitely will watch a lot of movies when, especially when things get, when things get bad, I kind of know, okay, like, if I have time, I'm like, I'm gonna watch, his favorite TV show, even if it's one I've seen a million mm-hmm. times, or yeah. I'm going to go see a movie by myself, if I have time to kind of do that, if I have like the time and the strength to do that uh, self-care, I will, because I know that sitting in a movie theater in the dark, just <laughs> eating popcorn and watching a movie will take me out yeah. of my life for a little bit. And even though that's, you know, that's escapism, it's, that's fine, like anything that you, whatever it is that you're doing that's keeping you alive another day, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, I think that's great. And the more things you can find that help you like that, the better. Um, and then for me, and this is probably a little bit unhealthy. I, that is why I obsessively work so much. Uh, cause that's sort of what gives me purpose right now. And is like, all right, well, you have to get out of bed because you have to go to work because people are depending on you at work. Um, For me, it's a staff of about 30 people that are relying on me to come in and make things function. And so I I have to make it function for them even if I wouldn't have been able to make it function for myself. So at this point in my life, that's the main sort of distraction for me and the main thing that like, Helps me run from the monsters is just working because I know that it's sort of it's productive, like it's doing something and it's doing something for other people. Where, in a way, that sort of sidesteps the question of am I able to do this for myself? Like, do I deserve this? It's not even a question. It's I'm going to do this because other people deserve this, Hmm. and ultimately, I'd like to get to the point where I am doing stuff all the time. That's because I think I deserve it because I have, I'm, you know, quieting the voice and I'm like, nope, like I, I deserve the things that I say that other people deserve. But right now I'm at, I'm not, I'm not at that point right now. I'm doing stuff for other people and that's okay. Um, I'm not going to sort of, I can't, I can't blame myself for not being at the place that I want to be. And that's something that I haven't always felt that way, but I think you were talking about therapy earlier. And that's one of the things that I did. I'm not currently in therapy, but that's you sort of learn different ways of talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what therapy has done for me is that I, I have learned ways of talking to myself that are a little bit kinder than what my natural instinct, given the depression voice, is trying to get me to say to myself. And so being able to look at myself and be like, whatever place that you're at, it's okay. Whatever you were able to do that day, it's okay. I am sometimes able to sort of pull that voice from the void that I learned in therapy and almost you, you pretend that you're another person, you pretend that you're your own therapist and you speak kindly to yourself and that can also help fight the monster voice that's saying you're terrible and you're worthless.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as for po- folks out there, I mean, I just want to make sure that you guys understand that, like, we're here, we're talking about it, and we're going to be open about it. And uh, um, sorry if it's kind of a heavy episode with like my backstory and everything like that. A little bit, um, half of my backstory. There's another half to it, but uh, I just want to let you guys know that you know we cope with it, and at the same time, we find also, I guess, kind of humor in it, kind of a little bit. I mean, we kind of really understand that, like at the same time it's kind of nuts that, that that we are that we feel this way, and there are people that feel this way at the same time, but um, just, i mean even though we feel alone and it 's it's, uh, it's one of the weirdest things about this disease is that it's the only disease where it feels like everyone has it, but you feel alone anyways, you know. <laughs> um because like for us like you said it's like oh you feel like oh i'm always attracted to groups of people that like have it as well and they'll be in my circle of friends or they'll you know be significant others it's usually we're usually attracted to like other people who are also like have this disease as well and somehow I don't know if it's on a subconscious level or if it's just the disease itself. <laughs> understanding, like, hey, you're you're a sad person as well. How how are you? You know, and I've met some some of uh, uh, some of the closest people to me, understanding that I I realize that I resonate with them, and I know that they are in some sort of level of you know unhappiness as well, or or some in some state of this of this disease as well. You know, and there's many different uh, versions of this. I mean. There's, here you have two different versions, but there are some people who have, you know, high energy, um, and that's when you have a manic depressive person, and that's when you have, you have people who have OCD, and like, uh, deal with that, like, also, you know, it, it's, there are many different ways, and there are people who have crippling anxiety, or they have anxiety attacks, and uh, there are many different versions of this, and at the same time, we're all coping with it together, and we're all moving together, um, you know we're all depressed together, uh, if you will uh, I guess, as a final question for the end to cap off this this episode here, um we came up with the name yikesland why 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 yikesland
1: so yikesland uh I think you were talking about finding humor in depression earlier mm-hmm. and That's something that for me is really important, and I know for a lot of other people is really important. My friends are like that, too, where we make jokes about being depressed all the time. And I know that doesn't work for everybody, but for me and the people that I tend to be friends with, finding the absurdity in depression is hilarious because it's just like you're living in this sort of bizarro world where everything is bad all the time and it feels like everything's on fire and you're living in your own personal hell, but it's, it's kind of comical how bad things can be and how bad the voices can be. And if you can kind of step outside that and look at it, you're like, that's actually really silly that you're (laughs) living in this world where everything, you look at everything and everything is yikes. Like you're looking through yikes colored glasses where everything seems bad and so Yikesland is kind of a, a reclaiming of, of the humor that it is to be living in your own depression world where you're like, everything is just bad and I don't know why it's not supposed to be that way. Hmm. But it's just like this hilarious amusement park of disaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's Yikesland in, in a nutshell. Um, I mean... Thank you guys for joining us here. I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm, we're going to end off the episode here with a couple in-house keeping things. Um, this show has been brought to you by the Pop Amory Network. Um, it is a network uh, that I created where uh, trying to create a community of uh, nerdy, geeky friends to come together. And so we have a bunch of nerdy, geeky shows um, that you can find uh, more information on at popsamorynetwork.com so we appreciate you guys joining us here if you could like subscribe share uh leave us you know um some great reviews and if you guys have any questions or you know things like that that you'd like to talk to us about and we'd love to communicate with you guys as well you guys can send uh an email to us at uh network at gmail.com and uh We'd love to talk to you guys. If you're looking for someone to talk to, um, we're open to it, and we'd love to talk to you as well and uh, you know, really communicate with you guys out there. The reason behind us starting this podcast is to really get, get the normalizing of the discussion of mental health and uh, understanding that you are not alone out there. And if this show affects one person in realizing that they're not alone, we have succeeded on some level, I think um and uh just get out there try to find you know people who are dealing with disease as well same same as you um if you can't in a, you're and if you're in a real dark spot um please call the uh national suicide uh hotline uh you can call them at 1-800-273-8255 so please just understand that there's always help available to you um for people out there who are dealing with this. Um you have any final thoughts you'd like to get out there?
1: Um I'm just excited to be with you guys and kind of have this community. Again, I I've never done a podcast before and so to me it's like even if nobody ever saw this, this helps me to be talking about things. Yeah. And I feel less alone sitting here with Jelani talking with a friend. Yeah. Really in a sort of intimate and fearless way about what it is honestly like on a daily basis to deal with depression. And it would, I'm just, I'm thinking about if anybody you know watches this or listens to this, what it would be like for me to see somebody else talking that way. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to bring to this. But um, I'm excited to be here with Jelani, I'm excited to be here with Pop Samurai, and I appreciate you guys listening. All
0: right. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, this has been your host, July Hoon, along with host Chris Fall. Uh, we love you out there, and uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. See you later.